All right, everybody, welcome to Learning the Tropes. I'm your host, Erin, and I'm really excited because, as you all know, I have been a giant fan of the book, The da- uh, Daisy Jones and the Six, um, as well as someone who has been highly anticipating the series coming out. I have... Um, So I decided since this podcast is now fully mine and I can do whatever I want with it, I'm going to only be bringing you guys things that bring me joy with people who bring me joy. So for the month of March, at least, it's going to be episodes about Daisy Jones and the Six. Uh, We'll be recapping those episodes. Maybe we'll have some special guests, guys. We don't know, but it's very possible. Um, Come April, we are also bringing back a book review podcast or book review episodes. So um, I have already a few of those lined up. We have the highly anticipated Lord of Scoundrels. So stick around for that as well. Um, And so when I was thinking about I needed to immortalize Daisy Jones and the Six with somebody, there was only one person who came to mind who I knew would do this with me. She is a huge Jones head as well as me. When uh, she lives in Los Angeles, when we went to L.A., we went to the Chateau Marmont in honor of Daisy. I got food poisoning, didn't take away from the experience. (laughs) So I'm so excited to introduce you guys to one of my dearest, dearest friends, um, a wonderful friend, a talented writer and a fierce recluse. It's Taylor Holt. Hi, hon. How are you? Hello. Oh, my gosh. That intro just made my heart swell. (laughs) It brought back memories. Mm-hmm. It made me laugh. It made me cry. Like, uh, now I'm just even more excited to do this podcast with you. I, 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 I can't. This is, uh, this is such a dream. <laughs> so how did we meet Taylor? Because I do feel like it's relevant to our expertise about talking about, well, Amazon's Daisy Jones and the Six, as well as the book. Yes, I think... That's a good, that's a good point. We met in New York when I lived back in New York City, and we both wanted to be writers for television. Mm-hmm. And we took a, I quit my job and blew up my life. Me too. And yeah, oh! well, I was fired, but same thing, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also realized at one point I had quit my job without formally accepting my like. Uh, acceptance mm-hmm. to Columbia University and then realized that I might have lost my position but I had already quit my job and so I had to email the bursar and be like please let me in I I got so excited I just I saw the email forgot to reply went and quit my job <laughs> and then needed to like beg my way back in. I love so we did a the Columbia University summer television uh, summer program for TV writing which was really fun Um, And it was basically we had like four or five hours a day of like classroom and then it was writing. It was like it was all day. I like we would be over on the West Side for the entire day. Mm -hmm. Shout out Alan Kingsbury. Uh, We love him so much. We love him. Um, Now. Yeah. Now he's the head of the the Stony Brook TV Writers Master's Program. If there's anybody out there who's interested, he's like the most brilliant professor I've had or gives the best notes. We love him so much. Um, Yeah. I still use his like uh, pilot questions. Yeah. Like 
going through them when I'm writing. I'm like, oh yeah, what did Alan say? What do, what does this character need to be motivation right now? Mm-hmm. Still use it. Yeah. So we became we became really so we became good friends that summer, and then you fucked off to L.A. I tried not to take it personally. We didn't talk for a while. And then I called you randomly one day. And I remember you were driving home from work. And I was just like, what are you up to? What's happening? And I, yeah. And then we just kind of became friends again. We were trying to write. Oh, we were trying to, we were trying to write a script about the first woman to drive across country, which we should yes, resurrect one that. day. Cause like, it was good. It was good. Yeah. It's a great story. It needs to be told. I feel like it would be, very relevant now currently uh-huh. just feminism yeah she was great there was no automatic she steering so she had arms of steel she drove across country with her two sister-in-laws sisters-in-law it's just like a fantastic story we really should bring it back i know one thing at a time though let's do this podcast and then we'll yeah then we'll talk more about See, alice this is what I... yeah alice that was her name you you are you love to have so many things going on I love and it. I'm like, I need to focus on one thing. <laughs> Guys, yesterday, cause Taylor has some very exciting things happening at work and like, we will share them if we can, if it like, you know, but it, for now it has to be top secret, but she <laughs> was telling me she's doing too much. She doesn't think she could do it. So last night we set up a time to call and I called her and she basically answered the phone. She's like, talk me into doing this. And I said, great, I will. <laughs> She said, I, could, I, said, I, I couldn't have, have I couldn't have time. I couldn't have time to talk to you for that long. I looked down. We've been talking for over an hour. I was like, bitch, I think you do. <laughs> anyway, so I read, I came to this book. I came to Daisy Jones. Um, there was just a lot of, uh, so as we all know, producer Patty works in publishing. And so I regularly go into his company's website, look at the books that I would like my husband to buy. And then I just text him a list and he comes through. The perks. It, oh, the, the perks. The perks are numerous. And so I, one of them was Daisy Jones and the Six. And I remember vividly, I was house sitting for my friend's parents and they live up at the top of this hill in Connecticut. And there's this gorgeous pool. And I had this house to myself. Oh. And I picked up ah. Daisy Jones and I was enthralled and in love and did not stop reading. And then immediately was throwing this book at everybody that I met, like buying it for friends, calling people I hadn't talked to in years. (laughs) Have you read it? (laughs) And here's the thing. A lot of my friends did because I have really good friends and I, and when I give them a book, they do read it, but only one friend read it. Only one friend felt it in her bones the way that (laughs) I felt Daisy in my bones. And that was Miss Taylor Holt. And so talk to me about, your feelings around the book, reading it for the first time. Oh, reading it for the first time was honestly a blur because I read it in a day. <laughs> yeah. I blew through it because I was just like, this is speaking to my soul. Mm-hmm. This is this is who I am. Like I actually reread the first chapter last night and it gets to the end where like it's not a spoiler, but Daisy just says, like, I am no one's muse. I am the somebody. And I was just like, this ah like oh yes. and it just grabbed me and it hooked me and i just like read it all through the night 
I couldn't tell you where I was when I read it. I usually can tell you where I am when I read a book, like when I read a book mm-hmm. for the first time. Like I remember the couch that I was sitting on when I read the Gone Girl twist mm-hmm. in the middle. I, I remember exactly where I was. But like Daisy Jones and the Six, I don't know what it is about it. It's just something. It was so I was like so out of my body that I don't remember anything about the experience except for just how it made me feel. And I can't I, I, I've never felt that way with a book yeah. ever. And it's just like the women, I it, I mean, we'll get into talking about it later, but it was just like, it was exactly what I wanted in a book. Mm-hmm. And it just was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I remember like I was at a book club at the time and I said, guys, we have to read this book. Like we have to read this book. And then you said, have you read Daisy Jones and the Six? And I almost started crying on the phone. Like, <laughs> I found my person like thank you (laughs) I need someone to share this with because it's overflowing in me right now (laughs) that's the feeling and Taylor Jenkins Reid is obviously a brilliant writer we all know this this is fact but I do like the way that she writes women and the women in this book I don't ever think that I have seen womanhood or women's experience in the way that women actually are and also Mm -hmm. what she does so brilliantly especially in this in all of her books but especially in this book is that she writes how women actually interact and feel about each other so all of the relationships between women in this book are so real and our relationships Mm -hmm. that like we've all had and can recognize and they're also kind of exalted to a certain level that it's really beautiful and the women in the books aren't like catty or mean-spirited or um you know I because I started re- yeah like yeah. cartoonishly evil no. or like overly oh, sexual yes, and like listen yeah. women are sexual anyone who's listening to my podcast knows this but it, in a way <laughs> that like the, the the it's the way that women actually interact with their own sexuality in that it's not yeah. an easy it's not an easy exploration it's complicated and it's complex and i it's not black and white mm-hmm. it's yeah it, it yeah sorry keep going no 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 so i'm just saying i i think that's probably we aren't going to spoil the book in this episode guys so if you haven't read the book that's totally fine um well obviously we're going to be doing a recap of every episode of the tv series so we'll be spoiling the episode when we recap it just so you guys know and maybe in the future we'll do an episode just about daisy jones the book itself and like act yeah and really go through it but it's not a romance novel but i would say it's romance adjacent and i would say there's some ambiguity at the end about the possibility of a happily ever after yeah, definitely. But I think, um, and I did a panel a few weeks ago with um, some brilliant women, one of them being Essie Soga, and who's a editor at Berkeley. And she talked about how people think romance books are about the meet cute and then the happily ever after, and that's it. And mm. that is, I kind of, the trap a lot of, romance uh novels are falling into right now where they're focusing on how do they meet and how do they get together in the end where i would say those are maybe Mm. 
the least important. It needs to be what is the meat of it? Like, what is the journey to get them there? Like, that's the good stuff. And I would say this is such a good exploration of that vibe, of that journey, of the journey of people trying to interact and love each other when it's difficult to do so. And yes, that's why, like, as a romance reader, I love this book. And I do think that this is very romance adjacent. And if you haven't read it and you're a love, you love romance, I do think it's worth a read. Um, cause it's just really beautifully Definitely. done. Yeah. So I agree. I think, yeah, when there's just, I mean, not to spoil anything, but like when there's all these obstacles, you know, outside, inside, internal pressures, external obstacles, mm-hmm. hindrances, that is a romance. Yeah. That's just, that's that's the journey. The journey of it is the best part. Yeah, I think it is so interesting, though, also, because the thing that always sticks out to me with the book, it's like what you said is the women and they're three dimensional immediately mm-hmm. right off the bat. But also the way that their friendships is, is it feels like almost romance, like the way that they interact and the love hate relationship between all the women in the book. It's just so touching and beautiful and it's just like it gets me every time that's the thing whenever I think about the book I just think about like how the women interact with each other Mm -hmm. which is not really what you would think of I know for this book (laughs) about a 60s rock and roll or a 70s rock and roll band um yeah because I think the thing too that that women know is the richness that you can get out of the female friendship but that they're not mm-hmm. easy necessarily like you they right are and that's what's so interesting yeah yeah this one is like they're not supportive of each other well, not always but they're not but, it, but they're not like bringing each other down no they're like it's just real yeah it's so real right we're like i want to try to support you i'll be here while you self-destruct because i know eventually you will need me to step in and so we'll we'll do what has to be done yeah and the it 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 feels so real it's so beautifully done and i think to you know taylor jenkins reed talks about how this is like a quartet of books and this is like the the singer the rock star um like like fuck up is is daisy jones and i think it's so interesting because so often stories about women like daisy like real life women who existed mm-hmm. like um like a marilyn monroe or a janice joplin they're always told from like men's idea of who this woman is and what they projected yeah. And what I think you get from this book is the idea that like women are able to do that. (laughs) Women are able to project what they want to project. And women have a lot of autonomy over, I want you to see me in this way. I want to appear to the public in this way. And I want to appear to men this way. That's not who they really Mm -hmm. are. So that's what I love about the book is it talks about Daisy being like somebody who loves reading, somebody who really desperately wants love wants connection finds it really difficult and like you said sort of in those first few chapters when men keep trying to steal pieces of her and finally she just stands up Mm -hmm. and she's like you can't take anything from me like i am i own myself entirely and i just like love that 
Yeah. And to do it in a structure that's an oral history mm-hmm. is just like meta genius. <laughs> <laughs> is just phenomenal. Yeah. It's incredible. And I love the first part where you do have men talking about her, but it's like a concierge at a hotel who's like, I wanted to protect her, mm-hmm. you know? But most of the time it's a woman talking about herself. And as a reader, you're trying to guess like, is she being honest with me? Is she lying to herself? Is she lying to just the audience? Like what's going on? And that's how I think a lot of times we look at the women in our lives, Mm -hmm. like, or just the people in our lives, you know, what's real? What's, what are they projecting? What am I projecting on them? And it just like tells you a lot about yourself too. (laughs) Yeah. And I, which a good book should. Exactly. And that's the thing too. And I think this book does such a good job of like, um, playing with the idea of memory and you see multiple people having a completely different experience of something that happened based on where they were mentally at the time, what happened subsequently And you're able to see it in this oral history of like, everybody's trying to tell their own story and nobody is a hundred percent right of how things maybe went. Um, And then, I mean, we're not going to be able to talk about the real twist of the book until the last episode, but we'll put a pin in that. And then I think. um, Okay, wait, I have a question though. So now that you just said that, I didn't even really think about this, but to kind of like transition to the show a little bit, how are they going to do that? Mm -hmm. Like, how are they going to show us that it is people's memories or even are they going to do that? Are they going to do, is it just going to be a straight retelling of the band as like a documentary or is it going to be Daisy sitting down for an interview and saying, I were a green top on stage and Billy sitting down and being like, I remember she was wearing a blue dress, you know, are they going to do that in the show? I, okay. Let's talk about the show then. <laughs> no, I guess I think we have to be here. Cause I, we, so Taylor has not interacted with any sort of media about the show and what it's going to be necessarily. So let's talk about. I did one. You sent me one Instagram, like, quick little reel and I did watch the very very first teaser mm-hmm. where it's just uh Riley Keough like lifting and winking at Sam Claflin yeah. like that's what I watched and then I watched the um super quick reel that you sent me but I have not seen an aggressive trailer because I just this is this weird thing that I get when I hold something like when I really treasure something it's not that I'm worried about the show I'm not worried about mm-hmm. the show I know I feel like it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. But I just want to like, uh, I don't know. I want to like be surprised, I guess. Yeah. Well, we're going to watch the trailer together. And also. Yes, that means that I will do that. No, but I 100% understand because I feel like after I read the book, I wanted to like crawl inside the book. And I wanted to yeah. live there. And then every time I would come to visit you or my other friends in L.A., I would always like want to create a bit of Daisy somehow. And so that was us going <laughs> to the Chateau Marmont, which like, listen, I yeah. love so much. And if you haven't read The Castle on Sunset yet, um, it's a phenomenal book about the history of the hotel. And so that's a magical place. Super interesting. But just like they, um, 
I'm like, it's so weird because the author is Taylor Jenkins Reid. Your name is also Taylor. So it's hard to be like, so Taylor <laughs> says, so wait, so Taylor, TGR talks let's about. Say, let's call her, yeah, TJR. TJR talks, uh, has so many actual places that exist in LA that they go to and interact with. And I, oh, like, wanna, like I sent them into the Apple Pan. They talk about the Apple Pan. We got to go there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, and, and I just loved it. And I'm like, I'm buying gold hoops. I'm listening to Fleetwood Mac. Like, I am existing in this space. Um, okay, but did you like, do you really identify with 70s culture? I think I always was into 70s culture. And I always liked the music a lot. And I think part of that is probably because my parents like that was their high school music. So that's like what we also listened to growing up. So mm-hmm. I always did love 70s in general. So I was already like pretty there. And then this really solidified You're like well-versed. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I was not. No? Like I love, no, I love Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. Listen to them all the time. But I was just never like super into the 70s. Like I get it as a decade, obviously. And I know that I understand the appeal mm-hmm. But I was just never super sold on it or just like a big fan. So it was kind of surprising when I just loved the book and I loved the world. And I just wanted to like hang out in the world as much as possible. And yeah, jump literally into the pages of it. Yeah. And so I get it. So there's a it's a feeling with this book and this world that TGR has created that you feel like a homesickness or like a nostalgia or it's very hard to explain Mm. because like obviously this doesn't exist she made all this up from her beautiful head but I think that like (laughs) I don't under like but I understand that feeling and I think something that's interesting like as two of us like we're aspiring television writers sometimes I will see an adaptation of a book that I loved and I'll be like mad or I'll be like oh I I wanted to work on that or they're gonna get it wrong you start seeing like pictures from set and you're like oh boy this is not gonna go well (laughs) you know what I mean and 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 for as much as I love this book which is like as much as I pretty much can love a book like I remember when they announced that Riley Keough was playing Daisy Jones. And I was like, we're in good hands, everybody. Everybody, we're going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) So true. It's so true. Like, that was the first piece where you just said, I can relax. Yeah, they got this. They got this. Yes. And then Sam Claffin as Billy Dunn also inspired as far as... Because, like, we were all thinking Billy Crudup when we read it. I mean, I was at least... Wait, wait, have we talked about this before? No, but this is a universal experience. <laughs> is it really? Well, okay, because I feel because like it's exactly... like almost famous. And so then everybody would just right, kind of Right, yeah, thinking, it's almost yeah. famous. That is wild, though, because I was like, oh, it's Billy Crudup, yeah. like, obviously. But then Sam Claffin, and then it was a great, because here's the thing, too. This is my problem I have with Hollywood. Taylor and I have talked about this extensively <laughs> with our other friend, Claire, as well. Shout out to Claire. Um, shout out writers group. shout out to our writers group there is a dearth of sexy men in Hollywood <laughs> and I I feel like we need to start talking about it and yeah so people are lovely men I'm sure lovely guys I don't know them personally but they're not fuckable and like they're not like 
they don't have that like they just sex don't... appeal or they don't have that like yeah, they... he fucks and here's the thing about sam kathleen like oozing yeah sam kathleen and that's what i and thank god you got a man who fucks in there yeah because if i had got some like neutered pretty boy yeah. i would have been i would have been like guys we're back off track we're not we're right. not the two, yeah. the casting of billy and daisy is so spot on perfect that then i really did feel like i could relax because i'm like okay these people get it yeah they read the book they saw it in their mm -hmm. mind and then they put that page to the screen perfect yeah and so this is like obviously i would have given my left tit to write on this show but i'm fine that i did it and i'm so excited to watch it and i'm so happy that i get to experience it a hundred percent as an audience member let yeah. it wash over me yeah taylor and i i'm talking about you what's your middle name um it's rachel okay. so taylor rachel holt and i were talking wait but let's just call let's start calling taylor jenkins read tj tj okay tj i am taylor she is tjr TJ. though because her name is but i like tj i know but it's just tj tj feels so like it feels okay fast djr it like kind of takes a little bit to say tjr <laughs> tj tj we call her tj yeah but you i remember you and i talking about like if we come into any money what we're gonna do <laughs> Is we're gonna rent a room or bungalow, depending on how much our windfall is from nothing. Yeah. Um, we're gonna get some champagne and we're gonna watch the whole series like curtains closed in the dark, curtains no closed. talking, no cell phones, no talking, and curtains closed. That obviously room service only. Room service only. Leave it outside the door. We'll bring it in when we're ready. And I think that didn't come to pass, unfortunately. We're saving also the chateau. Not yet. Well. We're not watching the show at the Chateau. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, but we also, we didn't say live, technically. Okay, so I guess we still so, could. <laughs> semantics. <laughs> we could do I it. I mean, we still have that place as our, the first time one of us sells or does a big thing. We're going to, that's where we're going to celebrate. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. anyway. Uh, but that's how much we loved it and how excited I am. Like, I'm I'm also trying to stay away from spoilers and stuff. Like, I'm okay to watch this trailer, but I haven't been, like, digging through the way that I would dig through before because, um, right. yeah, I do want to be surprised and I do want to see kind of how they do it. Yeah. I think I just don't really like going in. I keep my expectations pretty low mm -hmm. usually and because I just, like, I want – to i want to just be i want to love it i never want to go into something and be like oh i don't like right. this or you know like already already having bad preconceived notions about something mm -hmm. and so if i just don't know anything about it or i don't like read any articles i don't like look on deadline then i'm just like oh i i'm going in expecting to like it and then i do yeah you know that's good all right should we watch this trailer and then start talking yeah, let's do it okay. also the showrunner is Will Whistler Graham, who is the same showrunner from the League of Their Own series, which was fantastic. So that's the other thing that makes me think this is going to be good. He knows how to do period. Yes. Uh, all right. So I'm going to share my screen. This could be dangerous. 
Let me know when you can see it. Can you see? No. Oh, yes. Okay. You got it? Full screen it, please. Yep. Oh, she just looks like her. Like it's she looks just, exactly like I pictured. I listen, if we ever talk to TJR and the invite is open, we'll come to your house. TJ, please come on our show. If yeah. you don't like us calling TJ, we won't call no, you we'll TJ. Call you, you can be Taylor. I <laughs> We'll change Taylor's name. Change, She'll be Rachel. I will legally change my name. No, I won't even be Rachel. I'll be like Maud or something <laughs> like truly horrible so that TJ doesn't feel any competition. Not that there would be. No. Um okay. All right, you're ready? Yes. I have not seen this. Like, I haven't even seen this, like, image. Okay, ready? Uh, let's wait. Okay. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, the, the other, the one that I saw, it was them all sitting down. So they're doing it like a behind the music where they're all going to talk to camera. Oh, love that. Love per that. Perfection. Like that's what they should Perfect. be doing. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, that looks, I'm dead on the floor. Like that looks amazing. <laughs> right? Yes. The problem, here's the thing. I would never be good at those reaction videos like that you see on YouTube all the time because my jaw is just on the floor the entire time. And I don't want to talk through anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to miss a moment. But, like, 
Oh, chef's kiss. It's going to be it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. It looks amazing. And I think that that brings us to another question that we've both had with each other. And I've had with a few of you who have DM me because if at any moment anyone out there wants to talk about Daisy Jones, they know who to come to and they come to me. <laughs> is Amazon is doing a weird release schedule where they're dropping three yes. the first night then two, two, then three on like consecutive Friday nights, which normally when they do episodes like that, it's like a dump when they don't have faith behind it. And I just don't understand why it's not a weekly release because this is a show that like would build an audience and also like looks amazing, looks so good. So I'm, I'm just confused by the thought process there. Yes. I don't understand it at all. I don't. I think this would be like a water cooler show. Yeah. I really do. Like, do they not have enough money because of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> like, did that did that crush Daisy Jones? Like, what's happening? I don't get yeah. it. I. It also just feels like such a rich and vibrant world that you don't want to be overindulged with it. Like three episodes feels too much. Yeah. I'm not watching three episodes a day. I'm watching one a day and I want to sit and live in it. Even if we weren't doing this podcast, that's that's what I would be doing. Like it just feels like it's a piece of cake and you're trying to make us eat the whole cake. Exactly. In three hours. And I don't want to do that. I want to enjoy my slice because it's so rich. Mm-hmm. Like just like those colors and the like the looks between each other, the like the big vibrancy of it all. What are they doing? What is Amazon doing? Yeah. This is the book. Also, this is what you bought. Like, this is what you paid for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, we don't know yet and we're not going to know, but it seems to be like a pretty faithful adaptation. Like it like there was nothing in there that I was like, what the fuck is this? Like everything makes sense. And so. Yeah. And and so just so you guys know, kind of the way that we'll release it, we're going to release one episode recap a week. So we are going to end up ultimately being behind the show's release dates. Um, And what we might do is on Patreon's release stuff a little bit earlier, but otherwise we're doing that. Anyway, so... um, just for that reason, too, because we want to kind of live in it. We want to kind of enjoy it. I don't want it to be kind of like we talk about three episodes at once because I think that can get really confusing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just so you know, if you want to do an episode a week with us, come on. we're. I mean, we'll be doing this for a little while, for two months or so. But um, <laughs> yeah, because what, there are 10 There's episodes? 10 episodes. Yeah, 10 weeks. Mm-hmm easy done we got it. everybody should be everybody should be listening and watching yeah on our schedule on our schedule yeah exactly everybody make amazon regret what they're doing <laughs> yeah i'm just interested i would just like to i'm not mad i just want to understand amazon i'm just disappointed amazon. i'm just i just don't like, quite understand your thinking here but you know i feel like this has also been proven mm-hmm. like all the things that have come out you know, it's been proven that to go back to the once a week release has actually created buzz and created more eyes instead of just doing, you know, the Netflix release where you just dump every the whole season yeah. in one weekend. And I understand doing like releasing three episodes to start and then yeah. doing weekly like 
that's like what... Andor. Okay. Did you watch Andor? No, of course not. I but I didn't okay. watch. Uh, it's one of the greatest shows of all time. I'll just say, but this is what I'm yeah. saying. Andor did the they did the three episode premiere, mm-hmm. and then they did one episode a week, and it got. I mean, maybe this is just like the Star Wars world, but like it, all of a sudden, it was like critics were raving, word of mouth was growing, people like it started to you know get more eyes on it, and like I just don't understand why you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they did that with Poker Face on Peacock, which I'm loving. Yeah. And yeah, yeah it's enough. It like gets you hooked into the story because I think that's the thing. And that's like the trouble with pilot episodes, which like we've talked about before. But it's like you have to set up a whole world, tell a complete story, introduce these characters. It's a lot. So I think having watching one or two or three episodes to start like makes sense. Like that's fine. But yeah, yeah. But then go to once a week because exactly like you said people find it or there is something to anticipation and there is something to like having a week to think about an episode and what do you think is going to happen next and when this happened do you think that that means this is going to happen next like with succession or something that's like half the fun of watching that show is the week between episodes when you're everybody's just talking about like oh do you think this is going to happen next episode you know and yeah all the theories if if you release three episodes a week, you don't have time for theories. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's trying to figure out the puzzle. It's like this doesn't really have a puzzle, but there's twists. No, no, there's definitely <laughs> twists. In the book at least. Well, and I think the thing too is uh TJ is so good at side characters and all of her books do yes. interconnect. And there are so that's what's fun about a TV show versus like if you were to do a film adaptation of this book is you can have time where you can follow a side character for a little bit or um, because yeah. they're all so rich and there's so many places like it'd be fun to go with Simone to like, you know, whatever she's going through with like her record label or something or yeah, I don't know. There's a ton of people see what Camilla's life is when she's not with Billy you know, just things that we didn't really get a chance to see. But I think yeah. that aside, which I, also they could have done, but they just did it. it, it <laughs> they're just releasing it this way, which obviously like the creators of the show don't have any control over. So, um, yeah, there's the gotta point. be maybe on one of these episodes, we can have Jeff Bezos as a guest and just really grill him on the release schedule of Daisy Jones. And I feel like of the things that Bezos needs to get grilled for, uh, this release is probably the top of the list for things we want to find out what's going on. We want to get to the bottom of. Save the world. No, no, thank you. Why did you release four episodes? It's going to be like, huh? No. He's like, oh, I'll do this podcast every week if that's the only questions you're going to be asking me. What if we just did a me? podcast called Softballs and then we just had like controversial figures on and just asked them like the easiest questions. We're like, what was your favorite color growing up and what is it now? You know? That would be fantastic. And then like the series finale, we have them all back and we just sucker punch <laughs> them all and ask them like the like the real questions that the world just needs to know. And then we make them donate a billion dollars to cure cancer for I don't know. feed orphans to get labor unions going because that's what we need in this country yes, is more labor that's... unions this is how we're going to end every show talking about the importance of unions union strong everybody 
Let's just end on like a really, really serious yeah. note. <laughs> <laughs> Were there other questions that we those missed? that was our we, we we went through everything that we said we were going to do. So I think, I mean, in conclusion, I think this episode was basically to introduce you, which I think we have. Talk about how much we love the book, which I think we have. Talk about how excited we <laughs> yeah. are for the series. I think we have. Explain how we're going to release it. We have. <laughs> so, I mean, we've kind of done everything unless there's anything else that you want. Well, let this is maybe good. And Maybe if you can't tell this with spoilers, then we'll put a pin in this. But is there like a scene in the book that you're most looking forward to seeing played out? <laughs> I don't know if I can say it without spoilers because it is like, I'm just really intrigued to see how they do the twist. Okay. Like the big twist. But I have like about a knowing part where of you wonders. Were. I remember I was sitting by the side of the pool, and I stood up. I was alone. My body was like, "We need to get vertical." What just happened? Convulsing. <laughs> there was nobody to talk to, but I was standing up. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't fall in the pool, like no. I maybe I could have. I should have. I needed to cannonball. I needed to get out of my body because I was so overwhelmed um that would, yeah it, it was overwhelming yeah. that's what it was I was just like okay but here's here's my worry because it play they can't they can't, we can't I just like, wonder if they're gonna hand. like I know we'll we'll see I think we'll be able to talk about it in the thing but it, it's gonna be harder to do but I have faith I have faith I'm just wondering if they're not gonna make it a twist at all and oh, it's gonna be something from the very beginning of the first episode where it's like this is what this is it you know what i mean though yeah you know what I'm i really hope they don't i hope they don't either because it's such a huge part of it but i just wonder yeah you, this is where we gotta wonder how involved tj is in the making of the show mm -hmm. because she would like stop that in its tracks but i wonder how much she had creative input like i you know like obviously she was a producer and everything because she wrote the book but I think authors, there's like levels. Like I know, like yeah. Diana Gabaldon for Outlander, like they go to her for questions and things like that all the time. And other adaptations, they just don't acknowledge that there there's an author. I don't think that those are the best ones. Um, and yeah. then so I just wonder, you know, kind of where she was with this. It'd be right. interesting. Again, come on if you it's open. She, we'll do it literally anytime, she, anywhere, yep. whatever you want. We're here. We'll try to be cool. We'll try to be so cool. We will be, we will cool. be cool. We will be cool. That was like, if you did meet her, what do you think it'd be like? I was like, have you ever seen Chris Farley interview Paul McCartney? <laughs> because that would be what would be happening inside. Externally, I think I could do it, but it'd be tough. Yeah. Tough, tough. I think, yeah. I I would be able to play it pretty cool, but like. I mean, I've met some people in my day. Don't want to like brag or anything, but this would be like the one that I'm just like, I love your work. I just, I, uh, I would just want to talk. I just want, I would just keep her on the podcast for hours. That would be the problem. No, I would she would need to give it. us a time moment. Also the two of us, yeah, we would hold talkers, her hostage. and so we would yes. talk forever. We need a hard limit so that we, yeah, shut this up. was supposed to be what, like 20 minutes. Yeah. 
I love how you're very worried about like, do I have time? How no, we're how long are the episodes gonna be? I'm like, don't worry about it. We'll fill the time. Um but listen, my agent has been calling me this whole time, being like, get off your podcast, go start writing again. You have an agent? No, it was a oh, joke. Okay. Yes. It was not a joke. It's real. I have an agent, but they're terrible, and I'm looking for new representation. All right, anybody out wink, there, wink. if you know any reps who want to rep Taylor, get in touch. Learning the Tropes podcast at gmail.com. We'll forward it. Do you have, <laughs> um, okay, so mine, you didn't ask, but I will answer. Um, oh, yes. Sorry. Mine is a really small be? scene that I thought was so beautifully done. And I'm interested if it will make it in because it's not like a major plot point. But I just always think about and love the scene when they're all in L.A. and they're living in that house, the band, the Mm -hmm. six. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's before they meet Daisy or after, but but Camilla comes to visit and Camilla wants burgers. No, Mm -hmm. either Camilla wants pancakes or Camilla wants burgers, but everybody else wants the opposite of what she wants. And so she's like, "Okay, no problem. We'll get you what you want. But real quick. And she asks some little questions and just does a few little things and ultimately gets what she wants. And no one realizes that she's completely changed it so that like now she's getting what she wants, which is, I think, burgers. And I just love that. And it showed exactly like who Camilla is and Mm -hmm. how she like the power that she has and how smart she is the way that, and the, and the, yeah, way, the way that she, she interacts operates. with the world. And I thought it was like the, it was a scene that I absolutely loved and I hope it's in there, but it's such a small scene. I can see it not being, but I, yeah, I love it. But it's like you said, that is such a deep dive into her character in the most fun, menial way that it would make a lot of sense to include it. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I feel like it could be in there. Who knows? Maybe there's a different scene that sort of exemplifies that for her. But I, yeah, it, it's just like a, a brilliant small scene. Um, yeah. I am excited for the music. The music looks because amazing. It sounded so good in that trailer. That was the other thing that I was just like, not, I didn't want to listen to it. Like, I didn't want to listen to any music for mm-hmm. it because I just wanted to like be watching it in the moment. But that sounded so good because that's the hardest thing is like music that is fake and is supposed to be really, really good. You know, when you you write in a book that something is a number one hit and then you hear it in real life and you're like, that would never be a number one hit. But no, this sounds so good. And that I love that TJR wrote the lyrics out for all these songs and was like, these are the biggest songs of the 70s. Here are the lyrics. And somebody had to then come and write that music and create that. If anybody who worked on that aspect of the show ever hears this and wants to come on, like, please do, because that would be so fun. Love to talk to that person. Yeah. Well, I heard Phoebe Bridgers was involved, maybe, which is. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, if she wants to come <laughs> If she, that'd be amazing. That'd be insane. But I, yeah, I, the, it sounds amazing. It sounds 70s. It sounds specific. We all know what's the greatest song ever written to be a song in a movie that a band plays. You mean like a fake song? Yeah. Is there a specific one that I should be thinking of? Yeah, there's of? only one answer. Oh, is it the, it's a star is born shallow? No. Okay, because 
I didn't like that movie. That's crazy. Okay, well, we're not going to talk about that because we need to save that. <laughs> I think I saw it in a bad place in my life, and I think if I watched it again, I would like okay. it. But like, we'll watch it again. That we'll watch it again. Um, was there a song in Almost Famous? No. I mean, there were songs, but and- it's not what I'm thinking of. There's only one answer. Wait, uh, give me a clue on the movie. It's the, give me a, give me a the 60s, clue on the movie. It's a first-time writer-director. It's a musical? Um, it's about a band in the 60s. It's set in the 60s? Yes. And it was made in the 90s, I think. Is it about a real band? No. It was made in the 90s. Oh, my gosh. Do you want the band name? Yes. The Wonders. Oh, my God! <laughs> oh, I'm so mad at myself. I'm so mad at myself right now. You are absolutely right. What is wrong with yes. me? There's only one answer. Oh, it's also it's one of my favorite movies, too. This is, we have talked about this. Oh, I'm so mad at myself right now. I really pride myself on my film knowledge, and I just, I just absolutely shit the bed and... <laughs> The learning the tropes audience is going to be like this girl doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. Oh, I'm so mad! I'm <laughs> so, so obviously mad. it's that thing you do from the film of the same name, and it's the greatest song Ugh. ever written for a fake band ever. Captain Ginge and the Shrimp Shack Shooters, <laughs> like oh, that was my that was my Twitter handle for a while. What? Uh, Captain Jack and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Captain Captain. Ge- Captain Ge- <laughs> Captain Geesh and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. (laughs) I love that movie so much. I'm so mad at myself right now. Oh, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That's the only. That is the only song. It's the only answer. To go to a Star Is Born first. Listen, it is a great song, but that's not the song. The song is that thing you do. I remember (laughs) when I used to work at a at the busiest bar you can imagine. Me and my two friends. And we would have our DJ at one point in the night play that thing you do. And then like the three yes. of us would create the scene where they hear it for the first time and they start like jumping around. Yeah. But yeah, it would yeah, just yeah. be for me and the other two waitresses. No one knew what was happening. We were Ugh. having the time of our lives. We would scream, run towards each other in this packed yeah. bar and then just start jumping around in a circle would you jump around in the circle and then someone would grab a cardboard cutout and kiss it and smack <laughs> it like Steve Zahn and then other another person screams, I am Spartacus! No, we never got that far. Normally our manager would be like, you're back to work. <sighs> he would just yell at us. But we would have so much fun. And the DJ would... He sounds like Shades' father. Like, how dare he? <laughs> Gareth. Yeah, he definitely was. He was a uh, great ass. Anyway, we all love that movie. It's perfection. I love that movie. Yeah, you're absolutely right, though. Yeah. If they can achieve the heights of that thing you do, we're in good hands. I mean, that's also almost impossible. So that's the... <laughs> I mean, honestly, listen, I'm going to love this show. I know I'm going to love this music. But are are they going to reach that thing you do? It's hard. Let's see. I mean, yeah. I'm open to yeah. it, obviously. But yeah, but that's the all you have gold to do standard. Is, that is the gold standard. You're absolutely right. And all you have to do is repeat the four words over and over again but the beat is so catchy you i don't want to sing it i have a terrible singing voice but like i'm singing it in my head we all are it's impossible not to and you're smiling because it's impossible not to smile 
it really is like you just think of that song and that movie and you just smile it's just like even the colors mm-hmm. uh, it's beautiful yeah and it's talk beautiful. about a movie okay. with no conflict the conflict was fame and that was it and i love it because whenever you're in like a screenwriting yeah. course or television writing they're like what's the conflict what's the conflict and they were like how about this movie no conflict except for somebody has to no conflict. decides to join the marines and everybody kind of falls apart jimmy's an asshole what's the what's the catalyst eh, someone breaks his arm yeah somebody tries to <laughs> jump over something and falls he tries to jump over a parking meter and breaks his arm as you do guys guys chad fell down <laughs> um all right not to make this a that thing you do podcast because we could switch there Apparently very quickly we're talking about daisy jones and the six we need to come up with a learning the tropes in the six or like what these episodes are going to be called yeah i haven't uh i mean you heard my pitch what was yours aaron leaf and the two taylors yeah, there's only one taylor but it's taylor oh. is the other taylor and i'm the second taylor this is too it's too much i honestly it's like uh daisy jo- it's it like it's either lot. like you know daisy jones and the tropes yeah you know me and my long titles i love a good long you do title. learning the tropes in the six I don't know. We're going to come up. It, there, there will be something that you guys are looking at right now, and we will have decided on it. Uh, yeah. Um, it might take us a minute, but we'll get there. <laughs> All right, Taylor. <laughs> so at the end of every Learning the Tropes episode, we do talk about what has a suiting. So other than our excitement about Daisy Jones, that coming out this Friday, March 3rd on Amazon, is there anything, anything else you're watching or reading or anything that you're really loving? Anything that I'm swooning over. Well, I already swooned over Andor. And I'm not currently watching that because it's over. But, like, I really do recommend anybody watch it. Even if you don't like Star Wars, it is a fantastic show. It's about just, like, everything that is wrong with the world right now. And it's really dark and gritty. And the it's, a, it's the exact opposite of Daisy Jones. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not escapism. It's what we need to be doing to make the world a better place. Okay. <laughs> um, that's what I'm going to go with right now. I'm still swooning over it. It's been a, it's been like a month or two since it ended, but I still I still think it's absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to swoon over Andor. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. It's not a very romantic. <laughs> no, it's not. But that's fine. It doesn't have to be. Swoons don't have to be romantic. They can be anything. I'm trying to think of what else I'm watching then. That's good. I mean, I think I got to look at my TV time app. I'm swooning over the TV time. You introduced me to the TV time app, which I use every single day of my life. I, if I'm not clicking one episode a day, I don't know what's happening. Like I'm not everybody. So the TV time app, that'll be what I swoon about is an app that you download. And then you put in the episode, you put in the shows that you're watching and it'll tell you when there's a new episode, how many episodes left it's a really fun what episode you're currently yes. on if you like have been off of a show for a while and it's great too because i feel like now with streaming and there's so many different sources for tv it's not like before where you just had like your one tivo screen where you could be like this is what's new it's like i don't know when episodes oh, yeah. come that are new so this keeps track of that it's like oh you have a new episode of this to watch so it's always fun to see that too 
Um, and it tells you how many hours of television you've watched in your entire life, which I love looking at because I'm like, I haven't wasted a moment of my life. TV, guys, we love TV. TV's the best. Books are great. <laughs> TV's great. Movies are great. We love media. Content is great. We love content. content is great. We love it. Um, all right, guys. So you can follow uh, Learning the Tropes at Learning the Trope Podcast um, on Instagram and on Twitter. If you want to email us your thoughts about the show, questions, ideas, anything, you could always email us at Learning the Tropes Podcast at gmail.com. And until next week, happy watching. <gasps>